0: Good morning and welcome to the Sunday stream at Flat Creek Baptist Church. We are so thankful that you've joined us today. Whether you're watching online or you are joining us on Glory FM 97.5, we are grateful for you being here today and we look forward to worshiping alongside of you this morning. God bless you and enjoy the stream. We have one favor to ask of you today. If you just look right up underneath this tent, there's another tent that's set up at the top of the stairs. That's our Welcome Center. So if you're here for the very first time and you're visiting with us, before you leave today, please make your way to that Welcome Center. That way we can get to know you, get your phone number, and have a way to connect with you. We also have a special gift for you uh, before you leave, so please make sure you swing by the Welcome Center. Now listen, we are here at a great time of revival, but we would uh, be remiss if we didn't stop for just a moment and recognize uh, a very special anniversary that took place actually last Sunday. We want to celebrate it today because I wasn't here last Sunday to be able to celebrate it. But Caleb, I want you to step up here beside me. Scenes, we've been preparing a, a time to celebrate Caleb's 10-year anniversary as a Minister at yeah. Black Creek. Yeah. The average life of a minister in the Southern Baptist Convention is about four years. So the fact that he's been in Black Creek for 10 is pretty amazing. Well, listen, we got a few things we want to give to them today. First of all, the church has been taking up a love offering for you. Behind the scenes, we're we'll going to give you that love offering. A second gift we want to give to you is a special commemorative plaque they want to give to you. This says here, it says, in recognition of Reverend Caleb Lane for 10 years of faithful gospel ministry. Yeah. You Give that I wanted to give to Caleb personally. <laughs> oh all right, so listen, everybody, everybody knows who Billy Graham is, right? Well, Billy Graham had a music minister named Cliff Barrows. You ever heard of Cliff Barrows? I love Mr. Cliff Barrows. When Cliff passed away, I got a phone call uh, from somebody that knew him and said Cliff Barrows wants to donate all of his suit jackets to young people in ministry, so if you wanted to be suit jackets, you can come and get some. So I went and got five, and I've given them all away except for one. And today is my honor to present to our music ministry. Yeah. show his name is really in the jacket. I didn't just go buy one. This really is Cliff Barrow's jacket, so today we want to celebrate 10 years of faithful gospel ministry. Go give Caleb okay. Him our entire worship team is this one fact, and that is it's not about him. Uh, in the words of John the Baptist, let us decrease that he may increase. That's the part of every single person on this stage. It's all about the Lord Jesus Christ. We would invite you to go to a time of prayer with us today, heads bowed and eyes closed together. As we come to this time of prayer, you know, you might be wondering today why we're doing all this, why tip revival. Well, Just a reminder that at Flat Creek Baptist, our church year runs from October to September. So October 1st is actually the day that we kick off our new church year. We want to take a moment to celebrate all that God accomplished in our previous church year. Over 60 baptisms, over 100 new members. We have touched many lives in this community through our different outreach events been to Alaska on a mission trip, have another team about to go to Uganda in a few weeks. Some of you travel to the holy land of Israel. On top of all of that, we have the excitement of joining together every single weekend. Friends, I want you to know it's, it's an amazing time to be a part of the body of believers here at Flat Creek Baptist. And we are so excited to see what God is doing, but we believe it's only just getting started. So here on October the 1st, we want to celebrate what God did in our last church year, but also kick off the new church year to look forward to what God is going to do between now and this time next year. So let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask God to revive our hearts. Father, we love you and we praise you. And thank you so much for this time that we get to share together. Lord, I was talking to Mr. Randy Smith a moment ago when I, I was... Just reminded of how you said in the Old Testament when David said he wanted to build a house for you. You said, I've never dwelt in a house. I've never dwelt in a building. What building can't contain. Lord, you own the entire universe. Indeed, you fit it in the palm of your hands. So we recognize today that your spirit is not bound to a building. That we can worship you any place, any time. Because Jesus said true worshipers will worship in spirit and in truth. But here's the mystery of it all, that upon our salvation, the Holy Spirit of God indwells the believer. And today we've been made new, regenerated by the Holy Spirit. Father, we're thankful to be able to come and celebrate all that you've done and look forward to what you're going to do. And we pray, God, that you would revive us, revive us, O Lord. We say these things in Jesus' name. Someone invite you to stand Unless lesson you haven't already just shake the hands of those town here. Let's say welcome to you, welcome to It's been a wholesome day, hasn't it? Let's give the Lord a big hand. And uh, at this time, if you are between the ages of kindergarten and fifth grade and pre-registered for a children's church today, you see Miss Breeze making her way down to the side of the tent. You can go right down the middle aisle to be dismissed to children's church. I can follow her that way. Love seeing all those little children out here together. Um, also, we're going to be bringing up a voting.
1: All
0: right, it's going to be a great time in the Word today. A very, very special guest this morning is coming to bring today's message. Uh, A dear, dear friend of mine, when I first became a pastor in 2011, I pastored Great Falls Second Baptist Church in Great Falls, South Carolina. Uh, Just after moving to Great Falls, I was... I uh, told about a young man named Russell Smith, who had just given his heart and life to the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and I was told, man, you really need to put your arms around this guy so that he that he sticks with it. So myself and another young man named J.D. Wilson, we just came alongside of Russell Smith, along with the entire Second Baptist Church, and watched Russell begin to grow, him and his wife Ashley. I uh, just watched him begin to grow in the Lord. and he, he went from being a young believer to a Sunday school teacher into a deacon, after a deacon became a pastor. And it's been amazing over the last 13 years just to watch him walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. Today he pastors the Bullet Creek Cowboy Church in my hometown of York, South Carolina. Uh, And so I want y'all to give a big flat creek welcome today to Brother Russell Smith.
2: Hey, man, it's good to be in the house of God, amen? Amen. 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 What? The church should never be just refined to four brick walls. Amen. Tell you what, sure glad to be here, Brother Zach. i uh, sure we appreciate the extent of uh, this opportunity to be a preacher. As you heard him say, uh, I pastor a church called Bullet Creek Cowboy Church, and I always take time to, to <laughs> say this when I get ready to preach. And people ask me, I said, Russell, what is the Cowboy Church? I've been there a pastor for a year and a half, and I still don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All I know is I was on fire from God. He called me to preach. The door opened up at a Cowboy Church. And I Russell looked, and I said, you know what? I don't care if it's at the Cowboy Church or back out of the church. God wants me to preach His Word. I'm going to go preach it. So mm-hmm. happy there. Mm-hmm. He's been blessing us. People has been getting baptized. We've seen salvations. Mm-hmm. I'm just a great group of people. Good old country folks. Y'all going to see uh, this morning, my attire does not match my personality. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> just, just so y'all clear. This is only the second time I've worn this suit. Uh, the first time of last week, uh, to Zach's grand, uh, Papa Williams' funeral. But anyway, I'm gonna try to to fit the part this morning. But anyway, uh, it sure was a blessing to be here, and I want to thank y'all for the opportunity uh, to be able to come out and worship with y'all this morning. Uh, but the Zach 7 name is Russell Smith. Uh, I brought my uh, beautiful wife Ashley with me my high school sweetheart up here on the front row. Uh, we've been together for Coons' age, as they say up on his but
1: uh, I love her to death. And uh, we have my
2: daughter with us, my, my oldest daughter. Uh, she's Tucker's age. She's a senior in high school. She's with the baby, Adeline. So, Kayla's 17. Adeline's 1. And Luke is 11. And so, I'm all over the place for kids. Uh, God has truly blessed me. Uh, in many ways, but I, I tell y'all what, I, I sure do appreciate this, and, and, I, and I told Brother Zach before the service even started that it was worth a drive just for the worship service this morning. Oh, <laughs> what a richly blessed church this is to have such talented people that better come to Sunday. <clears throat> I, uh, I came up last night uh, when we got down here, and Zach was showing me around right the tent and all, and I was just getting you know, fired up, and I sang this baptismal. And I said, that's what I'm talking about. Alright, <laughs> we've come expect it. All right. Expecting. All right. We get forward, amen. amen. But uh, anyway, before we get to the word, I, I do gotta share at least one story about my brother Zach. Alright, Just one? Well <laughs> <laughs> I remember when you got those six. Two, two dead. I can remember right it didn't none of them fit you right. But you preaching every one of them. Uh, <laughs> anyway, me and my brother Zach he went down at uh, Second Baptist Church in Great Falls, South Carolina he came down, he said I was a new believer in Christ I was saved <coughs> in August of 2010 he came in 2011 and I'm going to tell y'all what God puts the right people in your path at the right time, yeah. Yeah. and I'm telling y'all, Zach was one of those people for me God really just knew I needed him uh, in my life, because he'd come down, help me out and come from the same type background of background uh, and drugs and addiction and, and, a, and a broken home and, and God has just just done wonders uh, in my life. But, old Zach showed up down at Second Baptist, right? And he used to have these like, where's Waldo glasses? He used to wear. <laughs> like this. And I remember thinking to myself, who in the world is this guy? Uh, you ask my daughter, I don't think he had a thing on that matched <laughs> No cord, brother. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but I'm going to tell y'all what attracted me to him was his passion for the Lord
3: Amen.
2: Zach has a passion for the Lord Jesus Christ that I found about unmatched in all my travels and all my ministries and all my preaching Zach truly loves the Lord, I'm going to tell y'all something From back then to now, what you see is what you get with Zach Williams, he don't come up here and put on a no show He's the real deal, and I'm mm-hmm. telling him all the time, brother. Like brother Tommy Bailey used to say, "Cream of the crop." <laughs> Amen. He's uh, my pastor. But anyway, one story. We was um trying to think of how we can get folks to come in off the mill hill, that our church was on to try and uh, just reach out to the community. We just started a children's ministry, and on uh, Wednesday nights, which has done blew up now to my goodness, hundreds of kids have come through. Hundreds of children have been touched by Christ. It's just a, a great thing going on. But uh, come up with the idea, I said, Zach, why don't we do a survey? Zach, you won't remember this. Why don't we just do a survey where we go from door to door knocking, because they see you standing there with your bottle in your hand. They ain't going to open the door. If you open the door with a paper in your hand. They might say, what are they doing here? They might a check. You never know. <laughs> but, uh, so we come up with an idea. We want to give surveys out. You know, the, hey, do your kids come to our Wednesday night program? Get a foot in the door. The majority of them did. Do you go to church anywhere? Then we move our way on down. Do you know Christ? So, man, we was gonna just blanket this whole mill hill with these these papers. So I got roped up with that, and some other deacons roped up with one or another. But we went up to this one house. I believe it's the street Robin Dixon lives on. You know what I'm talking about, brother? This yellow house there on the corner had this massive white pit bulldog in the front yard. Okay, the biggest, meanest dog you've seen in life. And the dog, his dog house is at the front corner of the yard where the corner was. that a stop sign. And there was the steps leading up to the front door. I would walk up to his yard. Zach's ready to walk into the yard and say, hold on now, Zach. I said, I ain't going around your yard with that big boy dog. Oh, that dog's fine. You know, I run by here all the time. He, he never even moves. So he tries to call it. To Come here, boy. Come here didn't make a sound, right? He said, look, that hey dog ain't gonna bother nobody. By the time he starts at them steps that dog likes at that dog house and nips his heels all the way to the road. <laughs> <laughs> the dog's like cookie, huh? Man comes out the front house. I remember he had like a big rebel flag in his front window. He comes out the front of the house. He says, whoa, come to the back door. Zach was like, well, I thought your dog was nice. I tried to call him, he said, no, he's deaf. <laughs> <laughs> Me church. Later. <laughs> but anyway, it's, it's a blessing to be here to, to preach to y'all. Like to see I, I'm nobody special. I'm nobody lifted. Y'all should never lift me up on a pedestal. Because this morning, really, I, I'm just a sinner saved by the grace of God. That's all I am. I tell my church family all the time, I'm no greater than anybody in this room. If anything, I feel as Paul did, is I, I'm the chief of sinners in this place. And I truly, I count it as a blessing to be here this morning, and I truly feel unworthy to stand in the pulpit. But anyway, with that being said, if you have your Bibles, I want you to be turning with me to the book of Matthew, uh, chapter number nine. Book of Matthew, number nine. In this morning, church, I want you to preach a word to you it has been heavy on my heart uh, for quite some time. It's been weighing down on me, uh, as I said, for, for several weeks now. And, but I'm going to be honest with you. Brother Zach reached out to me several months ago about preaching his Bible. You know, I couldn't wait to come, and I kept praying and seeking the Lord on, God, what will you have me to preach down here in this Bible? So I'm going to a place I've never been. I'm going to people I do not know. All I know is, is this place is just on fire for the Lord. Now, what word can I give? Because I, I don't like to stand up behind the pulpit and just preach what likes to be heard. I want to preach a relevant word to the church. So the Lord began to stir my heart. And I thought I had something lined up. Anybody preaches in here, y'all, y'all, y'all feel me on this. Up this past week when I was finishing up and getting everything ironed out, God started to draw me in another direction. And I'm going to tell you something, church. I don't understand it. Because the word that he had me to preach, I thought, surely, God, this is not the word that the church needs to hear. This, this church here is on fire. This church here is moving. I felt, your, I felt his presence this morning as we was worshiping. But God has called me to here today, to deliver this message, and I'm just going to be faithful because I'm going to tell you something, church, He knows better than I do. Amen? He knows what the heart means. But anyway, this morning we're going to be preaching this word that's been on my heart for a while. Because church, I have a burden this morning. I have a burden in my heart for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. It burdens my heart. I have a burden as a pastor for my church back home. I have a burden... Uh, for the church down the street, I have a burden for this church down here at Flat Creek uh, Baptist. And church, I'm going to say this, that you'll never ever know the burden that your pastor has for you. You'll never know. And I'm not speaking about a burden as the church being a burden. I'm speaking as having a burden for the church. I'm not saying actually on the phone with me telling me he's got some burdens. (laughs) But I will say this, there's always a few. <laughs> like I said burden I'm talking about is not of it's for so I have a church church have a burden this morning but not just as a pastor but as a follower of Christ we all should have a burden for God's people and for the church those, those who have been called out the ecclesia not necessarily a building because when you talk about a church we're not talking about a building we're talking about a group of people that God has called out To be separate and set apart, to do His will, to do His work, and we're not to be as the world. We're put to be different. And God put a burden on my heart. As I said, I have a burden on my heart for my church, for the church down the street, this church. I have a burden on my heart for the persecuted church abroad. But especially this morning, my burden is for the Christian church here in America. My heart's burden for the church in America. Church, I believe this morning, all my heart, that we're living in the last days. Amen. In the last days the very brink of Christ's return. In the very heat of the battle. In a time when the, when the church should be on full alert. A time when the church should have our eyes fixed on Jesus. Amen. Yes. And have our eyes fixed on the mission that He has placed us here to do.
3: Because
2: I'm going to tell you something, church. We're not saved to sit. We're saved to serve. God has called us to do His will and do His work. Amen? Amen? And it's sad to me to say this church, but I believe that the majority of the church as a whole in this country has begun to lose focus on what it is that we're actually called to do. And for the most part, the majority of the church has become complacent. Talk to your pastor. Talk to pastors that you know. Is any time you get to get pastors get together, our hearts we rejoice, we brag on our church. But again, our hearts are burned for church because there's a there's a growing complacency among the Christians in America. So, in our text this morning, we're going to be following in the footsteps of Jesus and learn from the master. As he ministers to the multitudes of people that follow, him. and we'll see in the text where our, our focus as Christians and as a church need to be. And like I said, church, I don't understand why God has, has put this word on my heart, but I pray that you will apply to your heart and to your life this morning that there might that we might change and be more like Jesus, as Zach said, and less like me, less of me, Lord, more of you. That we might be more effective in these last days before Christ returns. So again, if you have your word, be in uh Matthew chapter number nine, verse 35 to 37. Before I, I preach, i want to tell y'all this. Y'all you do know, you know a tent don't have the same rules as inside the church. Right? <laughs> <laughs> There's no time regulations out here. <laughs> <laughs> you just roll. I told some of the guys in the back. I said, I told my wife, I'm gonna try to I, I keep my, my time going. This ain't this ain't for me. Okay, this is for y'all. <laughs> all right, 'cause I've been under Zach's preaching too long. I don't know to all right. so, uh, so y'all just bear with us here. We're have a good time in the Lord. Matthew chapter number nine, verses number thirty-five through verses number thirty-seven. Now read from the word. Says this, this: Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them. Because they were weary and scattered like sheep, having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, truly the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Now we go verse 38. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Church, I want to preach a word to you this morning with this in mind. Getting and keeping our focus. Getting and keeping our focus. Church, let's open with a word of prayer. Uh, Father God, I come to you this morning, Father. just thank you, Lord, for this beautiful day. God, I thank you, Lord, for the soul that was saved this morning. Father God, I thank you for the sweet spirit that's been felt in this place so far. God, I thank you for my brother Zach. God, I thank you for blessing, mm-hmm. blessing the ministry down here so fruitfully. God, I thank you for people who are hungry. God, for your word. Father, I pray, Lord, now as we we move past the worship hour uh, with song, God, we move to the the preaching of your word, to the breaking open of the bread. God, I pray, Father, that you just hide me behind the cross this morning. Father, that not I be seen, but Christ be seen in me.
3: Because,
2: Father, if anyone showed up this morning expecting to hear something special from Russell Smith, they're going to leave disappointed. Because, Father, there's nothing I can do to save a man. God, there's nothing I can do to, to draw a man or convict a, a man or a woman's heart or a child's heart of their sin. But Father, your word tells us that's done through the preaching of your word, through the drawing of the Holy Spirit this morning. So, Father, I pray, God, as I preach, God, I pray, Father, you'll soften the hearts of your people this morning under this tent. And God, I pray that you'll give us ears to hear what it is your word has to say to us this morning. And Father, I pray, God, the people in this room will be obedient to your calling whether it be of salvation, whether it be to repent of something going on in your life, God. Because, God, we're here for one purpose this morning, God, and that is to lift you up and to glorify the name that is above every name. And that's the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So, Father, I pray now as we're going to preach your word everything said and done here will be done to honor him, to lift him up, and to exalt him uh, above high where he needs to be. And, Father, I pray for a double, uh, double anointing this morning, God, from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet, God, you're ahead to preach your word with boldness, with clarity and with power. And Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit will move across this tent. God, like this breeze we've been feeling, God. Just sweep across the hearts of your people this morning. That we might be forever changed. Father, we love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 As I was mentioning before, I asked uh, to preach by Brother Zach several months ago. And to be honest, this message... It was not the message that I had planned to preach this morning. Just to be totally honest. Because I know church, is. Brother Zach said, he just recounted uh, y'all's last church year here. And my goodness, the Lord has been moving. People's being saved. People's being obedient to the calling. People's being baptized. Mission work's being done. All of these things have been going on. Then the Lord began to, to stir my heart with this word. And I said, God, I... I just got to preach it. So I'm here this morning to preach this word of faith y'all. So look with me in the text here. But
1: a little context. Mm-hmm. Leading
2: up to our, our scripture this morning, Jesus, he's been very busy in the ministry. If you read chapter 7 and chapter 8 of Matthew, and he has preached a sermon on the mount. And leading up to chapter 8, he has been uh, making his way uh, from the Sea of Galilee to the Capernaum. We've seen Jesus uh, been busy preaching to the masses of people that have come in contact with him. Everybody that come up, he preached to them. Jesus has been performing these miraculous healing miracles. Beginning with the healing and the cleansing of the man with leprosy. A mighty miracle of God. Then Jesus heals the centurion servant. He touched and heals Peter's mother-in-law. So by the time he gets to verse 35 of our text here in chapter 9, he has attracted this great multitude of people seeking his help, looking to be healed, looking and seeking a touch from the Master. And I pray this is what you come here for this morning, looking for a touch from the Master. Then we get to verse number 35. Look here, the Bible says, Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. See church, Jesus was healing, yes. Jesus was ministering, yes. Jesus was casting out demons, yes. All these good ministry works. But his main purpose and his main focus was on preaching the gospel. Preaching the gospel. And the first thing that I believe that the universal church as a whole needs to do in these last days seeking revival, looking for Christ's return, is the church needs to get its focus back to preaching the gospel. Amen. Preaching the gospel. Because the church, as I said, collectively as a whole, has strayed away from the preaching of the gospel message. The majority of the American church has strayed away from preaching the word of God. As I said, Flat Creek Arch to thank God every day that you have a pastor that is not afraid and not ashamed to stand on and to preach the truth of the Word of God. Praise God. Because there's many churches all across this country this very morning that are being filled with hundreds of people, thousands of people that will not hear the gospel preached to them. They just won't hear it. And it breaks my heart to even think of this. But for many of them, they prefer it that way. They'd rather have it that way. The central theme to draw, the central draw for a lot of people in their churches today isn't the gospel message or the word of God. They try to build it around something else and sprinkle the word in on top when they have time. And that's not the, the, the church that Christ built. The church that Christ built was built upon the foundation of the word of God. We must stand on that if you were to go around to churches uh, today collectively, okay? Like, I don't know what kind of churches y'all have down here or who y'all have. I don't have anything about this area. But if you were to go around to churches collectively and to church doors this morning, not just here, but all across the country, Great Falls, the, you name it, and you were to ask even the biggest and what appears by number to be the most successful church around why they go to church now. Like, what are you doing here? I can almost guarantee that most of the folks that you run in contact with won't say it's because they are hungry for the Word of God. Or because the church stands on the gospel truth and and preaches the unfiltered, unedited, heart-piercing truth of the gospel. Let me tell you something, church. That's not a word that draws the crowds. The word that says that we're all sinners and we're all destined for God's judgment. That there's nothing good that we can do to make us good enough this morning. To earn our way to heaven, to, to be good enough to be accepted in the eyes of God. A word that says the only way that we can avoid the wrath and judgment of God this morning and to be justified in the sight of a holy God is to turn from our sins and turn to a living Savior. Jesus Christ, who died on that old rugged cross and shed that precious blood for our sins. And we must go through Him and only Him. And we must die to self daily. Die to what I want. Die to what I want to do. And live for Christ. Follow Him. Because let me tell you, church, that message just isn't preached anymore. Most will say they attend these popular and uh particular churches or whatever for a couple of reasons. A survey right right? That's what I usually get. Well, they got a good they got a good music program. Good band, good worship team. That's why I go. Or they got a good children's program. I go there because how many times people come to you? I'm looking for a good church to go to. first thing I ask you ain't are they preaching the word of God? It's How's the children program. Yeah. Which is good. Don't get me wrong. God bless the children workers. All right? I've been on the bus with the kids. God bless them. <laughs> <clears throat> like, They're feeding these kids. Comes out of- or I say they go on a lot of trips. I want to go for the trips. They hand out free hot dogs. I like hot dogs. This is a big one back home. Well, mainly I go there just because my family's always going there. Like I said, don't get me wrong, church. All of these things are fine. Nothing's wrong with any of them. Nothing's wrong with a good music program. Praise God for y'all's music program. Praise God for nothing wrong. Nothing wrong with having a good children's program. Praise God for that. All those things here are in abundance that God has blessed y'all with to do his work. Thank God for it. Thank God for having a long lineage of, of family in the church history. That's not what I'm trying to get across. But what I'm trying to get across is all of those things that I've mentioned should always take a back seat to the preaching of the gospel message. Amen. The gospel should be first. And the church has moved away from thus saith the Lord and given a back seat to The minority. To to, to the fancy music, to the smoke machines, to the light shows. Many churches today cater their worship service around a lost demographic. (laughs) To a a carnal people. They cater to the flesh. Just to get folks to come in. Nothing more than entertainment, shallow emotionalism. We see it everywhere. I tell folks back home, now I bet y'all have never heard this one before. I said, you had to put a wig and a clown nose on to get them to come. You have to put a wig and a clown nose on to get them to stay. It's not our job to think of ways to draw crowds. And we should never, ever, ever, church, try to mold the Word of God to make it more presentable or more palatable to a lost world. Come on. Don't, don't mold the Word of God. Don't water it down. Cause let me tell you something. It's not going to be popular with the masses. It's just not. Cause it's a, it's a convicting word. Come on. Nobody likes to hear it. They're not good enough. They want to say, "What can I do?" They don't want to hear it. Don't mold the word. Zach, I remember. Man, this was many years ago. You might remember this. You wrote a. I guess it's like a mock newspaper article or something. And you read that thing to me, brother, and it now I've <coughs> I And it was entitled this, When Did the Gospel Stop Being Enough? Speaking of people coming to the house of God, when did the gospel stop being enough? Church, we need to get back to making the gospel the main thing. We must, in these last days, get back focused on preaching the word of God. Unedited not watered down, unfiltered. As I tell folks back home all the time, as Christians, we're not salesmen. Okay, we're not a used car salesman trying to sell somebody something that they don't want. We tell them the gospel in love and let let the Lord do the work. Don't change it and then, yeah, yeah, but but it's not that bad. You know, you can still do this. No, give them the word church my heart is burdened this morning because the majority of churches have strayed away from the preaching and proclaiming of the gospel. If you look in Romans chapter 10 verse 13 through 15, the Word of God says this, For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. What a message we need to be preaching. How then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace and bring bad tidings of good things. Romans chapter 1 verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. Scripture after Scripture, Mark 16, 15, Jesus says, Go into all the world and preach what? The gospel. To every creation. Preach the gospel to everyone. And I believe the church needs to get its focus lasered in on preaching the word of God. Amen. And not only with our mouths this morning church, but also with the way that we live in our lives. Because you preach a message by the way you live your life. So I'm going to tell you a little something. Back home, you know, I'm a bivocational pastor. When I'm not pastoring and ministering and preaching, yes. I work as a welder and millwright at a paper mill. So, ain't, if anybody's ever been in a paper mill, it ain't no fun in working on right? And I'm going to tell you something about what I've learned out amongst people. They care way more about what you do than they do about what you say.
3: Because
2: you can tell them Jesus loves them all day long but if you're not going to back it up by the way you live in your life. It don't matter. You can tell somebody you can hang upside down and weld that piece of pot. But when it comes time to put the rubber to the road, you got to have to be to do it. You've got to have to back it up. We need to start preaching what we're uh, preaching, back what we're preaching this morning. Get back to preaching the word. As I said, majority of churches just aren't preaching the gospel anymore and like I said uh, when I was praying about this I know this church likes to hear the word of God how do I know that? because I know my boy Zach he can't pray for less than 15 minutes <laughs> he can't preach for less than an hour and a half and if y'all didn't like the word you'd have left by now <laughs> so I know you like the word here and that's good. But anyway, move on to verse uh, 35. The Bible says, Then Jesus went about all the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. And Jesus, he focused his uh, ministry on preaching the gospel. In verse 36, But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them. Because they were weary and scattered like a sheep having no shepherd. The church, the second thing this morning that I believe the church needs to get its focus back on it, is having a burden for the lost. Amen. Having a burden for the lost. Amen. Church, it hurts me to even say this, but it's true. The majority of the Christian church today has no burden whatsoever for lost souls. It, it, it just don't. A lot of times we say that we do. But are we showing it with our actions? Are we living and showing that we care about the lost? Because if we truly believe the gospel that we preach, that our are people dying every day and going to a real place called hell, then we will be beating the doors down of people, compelling them to come to Christ. And yet many refuse to tell people about Jesus. Look at the studies. Of how many people share their faith? And how often they share it. It'll break your heart. Because people just ain't doing
3: it.
2: You know, they rather tell you, hey man, I, I'm sorry, I run over your dog." Then tell you about Jesus. And what a shame. The majority of the church has put forth no effort whatsoever to warn people of the consequences of their sins. And to tell them of the mercy and of the grace that Jesus Christ freely offers us this morning. Why would we want to keep a message so great to ourselves? We need to tell somebody. Tell somebody there's a Savior and He'll save. Tell them of the mercy. Tell them of the grace. Tell them of the blood that's been shed. Tell them they don't have to walk around in bondage anymore. As slaves to their sin. Slaves to those addictions. Because Jesus can set them free. Yeah. Why should we keep that to ourselves this morning? Preach the gospel. Tell somebody. Because we'll do everything in our power, church, to make sure that our kids know who Jesus is. We'll do everything in our power to make sure that our, our, our sisters and our brothers know about Christ. Because we want them to be saved. We don't know how to be saved. But what about the kids down the road? What about the kids down at the project? Are we telling them about Jesus? Come on. They need Jesus too. Amen. Preach the gospel. We're to be the hands and feet of Jesus this morning. The Bible says that the multitudes of people, the multitudes that were lost, and when it came to Christ, he was moved with compassion for them. Now,
3: Zach
2: said I'm a simple man, but I do like to dabble in the group every now and then, all
3: right? Oh.
2: I wouldn't have stabbed, brother, I didn't like that. But in the Greek, uh, the word compassion used here is the strongest form of compassion that there is. If you study it. And it's a weird sounding word, and I'm going to say it one time and move on look it up. It's called splotnisma. Alright? Try to spell that. And in this verse, it's the only place that this word is used in all the Scripture. And this is a compassion that means a gut-wrenching compassion. It's a gut-wrenching compassion that you feel down deep in the pit of your stomach that causes you to do something. It's like when you see something and you're so moved, you're like, i got to do something. That's the compassion that Christ had on the multitude, a compassion that spurs to action. I like it to, to, if you pull up down the road at night and you see a house fire, and you know there's a family that lives there, a mother and her three children. You pull up, you say, there's one. There's the mother, there's one child, there's the other child. Where's little Billy at? And she's standing there crying, saying, he's still in the house. And you get that gut-wrenching compassion down deep in your bones. You say, somebody has got to go in there. Somebody has to get this youngin' out of this house. Now, in, the, in your right mind, you would never charge until I fire. Unless I'm the only one. Never charge until a fire It's bad. But in this instant, you'll find yourself beating the door down to get in there to get that child out. Because you're stirred in your heart with compassion for that child. You don't care if you die. You don't care if you get burned by the flames. You don't care if you don't make it back out. All you know is there's a child in there. He's dying. And he needs, he needs to be saved. And that church is the compassion we need to have this morning for the lost. Somebody, they need to be saved. Because they're going to something a lot worse than a burning house fire if they don't know the Lord Jesus Christ.
3: That's
2: the compassion we need to have for the lost this morning, church. But sadly, it's been my experience that a majority of the church has turned what was the great commission into the great omission. Part we want to leave out. The lost church are not our enemy this morning. The Bible says we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. That's right. CNN, that's not your enemy. You know, the political stuff, that's not your enemy. Those are just agents being used by the enemy. And those people are lost. They need Christ. Because I'm going to tell you something. Before you came to Christ, you were no better than any of them. Because we're all sinners falling short of God's glory. All need salvation from Christ this morning. And it's only through His grace that anyone in this tent under Santa Boys are saved this morning. Because let me tell you something, church. When you get to glory, when I get to glory one day, praise God, and I get to stand there on those streets of gold, and I get to look at those pearly gates, and I get to see Mama. I get to see Daddy. I get to see my only brother who's gone on before me. And I stand there and I finally get to lay my eyes on Jesus, the one who I've been following all these years, the one who I've been longing to see. I finally get to see him. And let me tell you something, church, when I'm standing on those streets of gold, the only reason I'll be there is because of the grace of God and his mercy that he's poured out on me. It won't be because I did anything worthy of getting it. It's all because of Jesus. And let me tell you something, church, if you're there, that's why you'll be there as well only through Christ, only through the blood that was shed for your sins and following Him. Quickly, moving on to 37. uh, Then He said to His disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into His harvest. Third thing, uh, and lastly, this morning we're going to mention that the church needs to redirect our focus on in these final days. If we want to see revival, true revival, if we want to do a pleasing work in God's eyes in these last days, the church must get back on her knees in prayer. The church has to get back to pray, Because sadly, the majority of churches just don't pray like we need to be praying. Church, one of the greatest privileges we had this morning as a believer it's the ability to be able to pray. It's the ability to be able to draw near to a holy God in prayer. To be in His presence. You know, when Jesus died on the cross, uh, the, the pathway was open. The veil was torn. For us to be able to go to God in prayer. Amen. Adrian Rogers uh, does an illustration I always like to share. He says, show me a man on fire for God, and I'll show you a man with a strong prayer line. Also, show me a man who strayed from the Lord, and I will show you a man with a weak prayer life. Let that sink in for me. He says, when a person starts to drift away from God, his prayer life is the first thing to get. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 16 says, Rejoice always, praying without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus born and did a a survey study of how much time the average Christian spends a day in prayer. And it says the average Christian, they surveyed, said they spend one minute a day in prayer on average. One minute. And get this, the average pastor only spends five minutes a day in prayer. That's shocking statistics, church. And that's sad. But if we're going to be honest this morning in our own lives, how far is it from the truth? How far from the truth is it? Now, and I mean deep, one-on-one, seeking God's face in prayer. Not these quick shotgun prayers that we offer up when we're driving down the road, which I ain't knocking again. Don't close your eyes when you're driving. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel. That ain't what he's talking about. <laughs> your eyes open when you're praying right? <laughs> bad thing, but those quick shotgun prayers church do not compare with that personal time set aside with him It don't compare with those long midnight hours when you burning the midnight oil seeking God's face in prayer when the only reason you are there is to pray I think of these shotgun prayers I think I like tasting right which is good when you're in a hurry, but it don't compare with that one-on-one heart-to-heart a long time
3: ago.
2: Then Raven here said in the quote that he believed that the weakest meeting in the church, without exception, is the prayer meeting. He said, "We are not if we're not strong in prayer, is it? It is if we're saying that to God, we're fine. We can manage without you. Thanks. Amen. I don't know about you this morning, church, but I can't manage my own life." Without Christ. I can't do it without God. I wouldn't want to. Church, I need Him. I need Jesus this morning. I need Him every minute, of every hour, of every day. I want to be in constant fellowship. Constantly walking with Him. Constantly in prayer with Him. Because I need Him. It's like an old hymn, I need Thee. Oh, I need Thee. Every hour, I need Thee. God, I need You. I don't think because I stand behind this pulpit this morning that I need them any less than anyone in this room. Because I, I do, I need them. But today, we have churches go week in, week out. And no one comes to the altar to pray. No one is seeking God's face. I hear stories of a time, and some of you might remember this, where each time the church met, there would be a line of people at the altar. Pray, weeping over their sins and over the sins of their lost loved ones. And here we go, as I said, there's churches going to be open all over our country today, and not a soul will move to come seek the Lord's face. And our greatest example this morning in prayer is the Lord Jesus Christ. We see in the gospel that he is constantly going, constantly spending time in prayer. And when his heart was burdened in the Garden of Gethsemane, he went to pray. Matthew 26, 39 says he went a little further and he fell on his face and he prayed. Let me ask you a question this morning, church. When was the last time that you fell on your face before a holy God and poured out your heart to him? When was the last time? You want to see God do something in your life this morning, church? Seek him. You want to see God do something in your church? You want to see revival start? Seek the Lord's face. Amen. Seek Him. Because God wants His people to be sold out for Him. He doesn't want our ha- half-hearted lip service this morning. He wants it all. Can you honestly say this morning that you're seeking God with all your heart? Because it's time that the church gets a laser focus on on Christ and Him alone and fix our eyes upon Him and follow His examples here in the text and preach the gospel. Have compassion for the lost and get back on our knees in prayer. And I'll say these in closing. this, This is the Flat Creek Baptist here. Church, I know that you're on fire for God. Because I hear about you waiting back in Great Falls. Every time I talk to my brother Zach, every time I look on Facebook, I'm excited to hear what God's done now. It blesses my heart. God's on fire. Now I want to first commend you for that. Praise God. Praise God. But I also, church, want to warn you this morning. Because the enemy's coming. He's coming. The outside world sees what you're doing, but the enemy sees as well. Because any time a church preaches the unfiltered, unedited, non-watered down gospel, that none are righteous, not even one, any time we preach as Paul did in Acts chapter 17, that God's committed all men everywhere to repent and come to Christ, any time we point folks to Jesus Christ as the true Messiah and the only way to a living God, When you stand for Jesus and the truth of the gospel, your friends will turn on you, your family will turn on you, and the enemy's coming to get you. Maybe it's already begun. I don't know. But I'm going to give you a word of encouragement this morning, church. Press on. Press on in the face. Stay the course. Preach the gospel. Keep singing those praises to God. Keep baptizing folks. If the Lord is drawing you this morning for salvation, don't say, I'm not going to step forward because that country preacher up there has been going on for an hour and a half. (laughs) What is the Holy Spirit drawing you to do this morning? Be obedient. Because it's not my words that's going to save anyone in this room. It's a drawing and a power of the Holy Spirit. Are you being drawn this morning? Would you come? Press on, Flat Creek, for the goal has been set before you this morning. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Keep your eyes fixed on the main thing. And that's the preaching the gospel. Having compassion for the lost. And seeking God's face. Prayer. So as we come to get ready to close down here. We're going to have a time at the altar. And it's my prayer. That it is, as I was preaching this word. That the Holy Spirit will begin to draw face. You got a burden on your heart. Maybe God <laughs> um, convicted your heart this morning. That you know what? I don't have that burden in my heart for the loss like I used to. I don't have a burden in my heart as I once did for my children and their salvation. I don't have a burden down in my bones for for my lost relatives and my lost family. There ought not be a dry eye in the place this morning because we all have lost loved ones. We all have lost friends. And I'll even then seek God's face this morning. Pray that he'll put a burning down in your bones. To have a compassion and to preach the gospel to the lost. Or if anything else, come and just lift up this revival. Pray that God will continue to move in this place. I'm going to tell you something in closing for the second time. <laughs> <laughs> if there's anybody in here, if there's any uh, benefit to preaching at the first service of a revival, is A, everybody's excited and ready to come worship. And B, if I drop an egg, it's nothing other from here. All right? So if y'all come, please, as
0: musicians come, please come. I'll be down in front if you need somebody to pray with you. be there. Praise God for the Word. Amen. 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 Uh, Russell, you brought the message that Flat Creek needed to hear this morning. I, I, I try not to tell anybody what to preach. I always just say, seek God's face, whatever He tells you. That's what I want you to preach when you come. And uh, but, I, but I did tell Russell this. I told him, I said, man, we're, uh, the church has got a lot going on. but if we're not careful, we're going to get so busy with all this stuff that we'll forget the reason why we do all of this. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. How many times do we say, keep the main thing, the main thing? Remember Revelation, chapter number two, the church at Ephesus, a busy place. And the Lord Jesus commended them for all the great things they were doing. But he said, I have this one thing against you. You've forgotten about me. Repent and do the work you did at first. And Russell Day has reminded us of the first works. Preaching the gospel. Having compassion for the lost. Seeking God's face in prayer. Those are the first works. That's what we should be diligent about every single day. Because as he said, there is a lost and dying world around us that still needs to hear the message of Jesus Christ. And perhaps as you this morning, you heard the clear gospel message presented, and we want to invite you to come and give your life to Christ today. Look, we've also left space up here in the grass for you to come and pray. You might think to yourself, well, gosh, I don't want to get up there in the grass and get down and pray, how much do you want How how desperate are you for him this morning? How desperate for revival? So you come pray if the Lord leads you to pray. If you'll stand to your feet at this time, our musicians are going to lead us. We need to be saved. I'm here for you. The altar's open for a time of prayer. You come as the Lord leads you. to take a moment as musicians continue to play sing just a moment for you to be able to call out to God this morning as we begin this wonderful time of revival this is a time for you as I mentioned this morning before we start at 9.45 the apostle Paul said to Timothy be careful to always kindle afresh the Holy Spirit which is in you to get fired up for Jesus all over again, to have the Spirit just blow across the embers, which are, and begun to burn in your heart. It might be like a raging bonfire ready to explode out, like Jeremiah that said, I have a fire down deep in my bones. And when I say I'm going to contain it and hold it all in, I, I can't contain it, it's just got to it's come out. Maybe this morning that would be you to say, God, revive me, renew me, remake me, hold me, keep me. As musicians continue to pray, the altar still has people pray. It's not too late for you. You might feel the Holy Spirit's tongue in your heart to come and be saved. Russell said it at the very end. He said, whatever's going on, whatever the Holy Spirit's saying, you just be obedient. He'll, be, he'll bring you the rest of the way. God's leading you to be saved. 14, it speaks of a man named Jonathan who goes into battle, and he has an armor bearer beside him, an unnamed person that goes to the fight. At my time at Second Baptist Church, Great Falls, South Carolina, no matter what was going on, if I needed somebody to pray with me, somebody to talk to me, somebody to go visit with me, somebody to fight battles with me, this was the man I always took. So when I came to Flat Creek and we were looking to start a men's ministry, I was Reminded of Russell Smith and and him being my armor bearer. And I said, what a better ministry to start uh, than one emulated after this man. And so this is the armor bearer right here that I've told you about numerous times. Brother, you don't know how much I love you. And today I felt like the apostle Paul listening to Timothy preach. You know what I mean? Just that was special, man. You gave us the word. (laughs) that we needed to hear. It's a beautiful and wonderful family, the Smith family. Y'all make sure before they leave today to give them a the good good. <laughs> go home today, eat you some fried chicken. That's what you do after Big Ten Revival, okay? You'll eat some fried chicken. And then you want to go home and take your good nap. And you want to be back by 6.30 tonight, okay? Come back at 6.30. We got more singing tonight. Brian Hall from Chestnut Mountain is going to be here. If you know Brother Brian, you know that Brian is a wonderful man of God who just loves the church. And when we were praying over this revival, uh, Brian Hall, I I knew we had to have him. I love that brother in Christ, a pastor across town. I love him with all of my heart. And it's going to be a great evening. So be back at 630. Invite your friends. Invite your family. Come on back and join with us for a time of worship tonight. It's been a great day, hadn't it? What a great way to keep on revival this morning. Let's go to the Lord in prayer together as we close our time this morning. Brother Philip Griffith, if you'll come and lead us in prayer. Philip is a, a great young man of God who loves the Lord Jesus Christ. Philip, you close our time together in prayer.
2: for the rest of this week, God, that you would continue to live mightily, Lord, that you would, Lord, heal
3: and deliver and, Lord, just bring about, Lord, uh, just,
2: just a cleansing of this nation, God.
3: And,
2: uh, Lord, I just pray for these people. Let them go out and, and return, Lord, to, uh, uh, just refreshed and ready to praise you again, God. Uh, let us go with a smile on our face, a song in our heart, a spring in the steps, showing telling others
3: the hope of Jesus within us.
0: You are dismissed. We'll see you tonight at (laughs) 6.30.
1: I guess you'd say he's a fixture Around town they all knew his name And every time the church bells rang Uncle Jesse, he up and came He always sat in the very same pew Humming in a voice loud and rough When it came to the Antioch church house choir Uncle Jesse never heard enough See, he always wanted to sing in the choir But he couldn't sing a lick, don't you know Why, he tried out for the Antioch Choir Thirty-four years in a row He'd always get to try out, sir He wanted to try out first but instead of the singing, getting any better every year, Here it just got a little worse. He'd say, Please let me sing in the, choir, in the choir. Please let me sing in the choir. One old man can't be all that bad. Won't you please, please let me sing in the choir? One cloudy Sunday morning, I remember it was rain and sun, the church bells rang and everybody came except Jesse Heaton. And everybody started getting worried, but they figured they'd start anyhow. Just as they did, just as boys came, burning up from heaven. As high as yours, maybe just a little high. Well, life found me a choir that'll let me sing. Now I'm singing in the choir. You folks down there, you can hold me because 'cause I'm singing in the heavenly choir. down there, you can't hold me light Cause I'm singing in the heavenly choir Please let me sing in the choir, in the choir Please let me sing in the choir One old man can't be all that bad Won't you please let me sing in the choir table, where they've always saved my place. I don't know just when I'm going, but I know I'm going soon. This world isn't home, I'm only passing through. singing sweet heaven song it's all i can do this world isn't home i'm only passing through when i see the devastation throughout the land all the chaos and division This world isn't home, I'm only passing through. Passing through, I'm only passing
3: through, till I reach my destination, where all things are new. I'm gonna keep on keeping on, singing sweet heaven song, it's all I
1: 7 Five glory fm your family radio station in North Georgia. Hi,
3: I'm Father